From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be around the world. Welcome to Lighthouse Live on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Pastor Mike Douglas with you here, along with our producer and co-host, Elaine Harlan, and of course our faithful prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey, with us here as well. And uh, some some friends. Yes. That uh, we've known for quite a few years now and been able to partner with in ministry are, are going to be here. And uh, Lane will introduce them to you in just a couple of seconds. And some great stories about uh, community service and serving in the name of the Lord and being salt and light. And, and some great things in store here in just a couple of minutes. Before we get to that, though, before we get to that, a little thing on my heart. Here okay. I want to want to share. Uh, ye- yesterday uh, at the Serving Church Fellowship, we were um, talking about as, as we do every week, you know, loving your neighbor as yourself, and came across a quote from Pastor Ray Stedman, uh, Pen- Peninsula Bible Church, and of course now uh, the heaven is is privileged to have him there, and and uh, he's enjoying the presence of the Lord. But uh, uh, a while ago, he wrote a book called Beyond History. And I believe around page 90, there's a great thing that he wrote. I want to read it to you because it it just lit my fire the other day. Since it's my broadcast, I'm going to read it. You can do that. Yes, by all means. All right, here it is. He says, now, openness and oneness of the body together is the key to all revival. Every time the Spirit of God has ever moved in history, he has always begun here. He has restored to the church the sense of belonging to each other and to God together, the sense of openness and honesty and transparency, of the need to bear each other's burdens and uphold one another before God, to be concerned and to care for each other, and to demonstrate it by deeds of help and mercy toward each other, all because we share the life of God. We are free to do this because we do not have to be hung up with defensiveness about ourselves. We have received the forgiveness of God, the grace of God, and that frees us to be at one with someone else. This is the most precious thing in the world in God's sight. And he goes on to say, that is what is often lacking in the church today. We have taken away the koinonia, the commonness of the body of Christ. We have lost that to a great extent in the church in general. But we have held on to the kerygma, the preaching, the proclamation. We expect to convince everybody by an intellectual presentation of truth. But the reason why the evangelical church of our day is rejected and set aside in so many quarters is that people who come to it are disappointed because they hear great words, 
but they don't see great lives. They don't see warmth. They don't see love and acceptance. They don't see understanding and forgiveness. What they too often run into is strife and bickering and fighting and quarreling and unforgiveness, jealousy and bitterness, grudges and splits and feuds and divisions, hostility and anger, worry and anxiety. They listen to the preaching of these great words that the church has to say, and then they look at our lives to see how it works. And what they see convinces them that the words are not true. What they see is exactly what they find in their own lives and homes. So they say to us, what are you Christians talking about? What's the difference? What do you Christians have that we don't have? Without the inconvenience of having to go through all the rites you go through, what's so great about the message? Why doesn't it do something for you? Why should we believe it and go to all the trouble of becoming a Christian when we can live the same way ourselves. We don't need the church or the Bible to teach us how to fight. We don't need the gospel to help us to be angry and resentful and bitter and divided against each other. We can do all that without it. And so there is an immediate loss of attention to the message that we are proclaiming because there is no evidence of the witness of communion. What is missing is the oneness, the precious fellowship together of the people of God living the life of God. Wow. Oh, man. Then that, you know, and, and it, we, we struggle so many times with the fact that, you know, as we go and we present, uh, you know, the, the need to be in the community, and our guests today are all about that. I mean, you know, from way back. I mean, that runs through your blood and your veins. But, you know, so many places we go, it's like pushing a boulder uphill. Well, serving people is a nice to do. I mean, you know, we'll do that after we finish, you know, the paint job and the new carpet. And, you know, if we have time, then we'll, then we'll say, no, oh, man, this is what Jesus' heart is. And, and, and I think what, what Stedman is saying is the, the very nexus of a revival, the stuff that's going to just radically change our world, really hinges upon our willingness to get out in the community and express love the way Jesus expressed it. It's the nucleus. Yeah. So uh, anyway, if you're interested in that and, and the name of the book and all of that, you can give us a call. Give Elaine a call. You know, <laughs> I if, take calls. If you, I do call. if you didn't like it, call Elaine. If you did like it, call me. How about, <laughs> Just no, give us a call. Seriously. Uh, yeah. you get, always welcome to uh, give yeah. us a call uh, here at Advancing Vibrant Communities, 209-544-957. That's 209-544-9571. Of course, our website, vibrantcommunities.org, vibrantcommunities.org, or email us at info at vibrantcommunities.org. We're going to check out Voice of the Martyrs, and we'll be right back. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with news about another real-life Jesus freak. It's 1991, North Vietnam. The police ransack Lindau's home because her father is an underground pastor, but they can't find the Bibles they're searching for. Lynn has hidden them in her school knapsack. When finally allowed to visit her father, 10-year-old Lynn squeezes through the prison yard fence and runs to hug him. The guards allow it because what harm can a little girl do? Well, God uses Lynn to smuggle in a pen to her father. And he writes sermons and Bible verses on cigarette paper, which are passed from cell to cell. Many come to Christ. I guess a kid can make a difference. 
How do you respond to the voice of the martyrs? Go online to persecution.com. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live. Take a quick look at the Volunteer Center of the United Way, and then we're going to get into our special guest for this evening's The 911 Remember and Prepare. It's a grassroots effort to commemorate a 10-year anniversary of 9-11, and it will be held on Saturday, September 10th, from 8 to 4 p.m. at the Stanislaus County Sheriff's Department Regional Training Center. And the goal is to remember and memorialize those who lost their lives on 9-11 and to teach our community how to prepare for future disasters of any kind. The public is invited to participate in an emergency preparation fair. Classes including the American Red Cross, CPR, CERT, that's Community Emergency Response Teams, and HAND. And you've gone through that. I've gone through it. I am a graduate of that. Absolutely. I'm proud to be. And HAM CRAM. Now, this is where you come in, Pastor Mike. Uh, That's HAM Radio Certification and Remember and Prepare Memorial 5K Run Walk. That's going to take place also. I got my amateur radio license. So long ago, we were using tin cans and string. I was going to say, how long long ago was it? Are you still doing that, or is everybody else serpent number one? (laughs) Um, Mr. Al knows you very well. Anyway, they're going to have a a pancake breakfast and safety demonstrations, kids' activities, games, and a whole lot more on this day. Those interested in signing up for classes, the run walk, or a full schedule of the day's activities are asked to visit www.911prepare.org. Volunteers ages 14 years and older needed to help throughout the day with setup, cleanup, greet, and direct attendees. Runners for vendors and committee supervise kids' activities. There'll be a bounce house with crafts, uh, facilities, maintenance, direct traffic, uh, run-walk registration, helping, helping to distribute water and kind of act as a human sign guide and all of those things, flexible shifts. Volunteers are asked to register as soon as possible. You want to get on, on this right away. Don't miss your chance to remember what came and to prepare for what comes. And ABC will be there. Yes. ABC will have a booth yes. there. Uh, Dr. Robert Chen, mm. our chairman of the board, awesome. uh, will be there. And uh, actually, he could use some help. And so if uh, if you're planning to attend or you'd like to donate maybe an hour, hour and a half uh, to man the ABC booth or, or woman or the woman. booth, yeah. I knew I was going to run into a problem with that. But anyway, <laughs> no if, you, <laughs> if uh, you'd like to help the good doctor out there, yes. uh, I'm sure he'd, he'd love to have you join him. Uh, give us a call. Let us know. And if you love bowling, and who doesn't, hey. if you want to be a pin spotter like Pastor Mike, for the Modesto Blind Bowlers, is there a story here? Do you want to tell the story? Well, you know, our good friend Marty Lancer, you know, and, and, and you know, I volunteered to do that once, and the, and the problem was he was throwing me down the alleyway. And I just, <laughs> it's just it, too funny. Can you get a visual of this, Mandy? Oh, yeah. yeah no, sure. And I don't roll well. You know, I, I used to roll better than I roll now, but it just didn't work <laughs> the out. The Modesto Blind Bowlers. pins hurt when you hit them. You yeah, they kind I was of kind of like between the seven and the ten pin. Did, did, did you learn the shoulder anything? kind of got right in there. <laughs> Were you trying to get through this? Uh, we'll, we'll get through okay, this. Right. A League of Vision Impaired Bowlers sanctioned by the American Blind Bowlers Association. Now, volunteers ages 14 years and older advise bowlers of the number and order of pins left standing after each throw, and then you keep track of the game score. That's kind of hard for me to do, but I bet you can do this a lot better than my account. But this takes place at the McHenry Bowl in Modesto. Training is provided. If you're interested in joining the league as a bowler or as a volunteer, 
volunteer pin spotter. You're asked to register, and then uh, the league meeting uh, is the morning of Saturday, August 27th at the McHenry Bowl, and that's uh, the Modesto Blind Bowlers promotes the sport of blind bowling and partnership opportunities for both vision impaired and sighted individuals. This is so much fun. They it just, is. It is fun. You know, my this. first bowling league that I was involved in, actually, I was in college. Okay. I, in fact, I, it was at a time, you know, where I was very inventive and creative. Not mm-hmm. like now, you know, but <laughs> back then I was looking for a way to get through phys, phys ed in college, you know, without having to get beat up, you know, a lot. And at that time, do you know that they allowed you to complete your physical education thing by bowling? Seriously. Seriously. Pasadena City College. And so I completed all of my physical education stuff by by bowling. And the first league I was in, they paired me with an African-American gangster. Uh-oh. The guy was his name was Eli. He was about eleven feet tall, and you know his his biceps were like, boom, you know, and and he had tats all over the place. It was back in the you know early well, late late. Well, I won't say when it was. When oh, it was a long on. time ago. Go ahead, go ahead. Anyway, Eli and I had the greatest time, oh, and uh, and and I always let him win. I thought that was the better it. part of me. Yeah. I did, and he and I were good buds <laughs> good. for uh, for a long time. All yeah. right. I did not get. Tattoos, though no, I no, just no tattoos let him do that. that. You're going to admit to. Anyway. <laughs> no, I don't have any tattoos. <laughs> Thank you very much. Start any rumors about Pastor Mike? Okay, on to reading works and tell literacy program. Now we'll get the cards and letters. <laughs> I Good. can send see them him to coming. him. Okay, not no, to me. No, no, no. You can teach an adult to read and change the future. Forty-six percent of Stanislaus County adults are in the two lowest levels of literacy and are considered functionally illiterate. Uh, you can change that, and we hope you you want to do that. Volunteers ages 16 years and older spend just a couple of hours per week utilizing an easy-to-follow phonics-based curriculum. And Reading Works is providing a tutor orientation Wednesday, September 7, from 6.30 to 7.30 p.m. at the Modesto Library Downstairs Auditorium. A tutor training will follow on Saturday, September 10th, from 10 to 4 p.m. at the Reading Works Learning Center in Modesto. Reading Works is a partnership of the Stanislaus County Library and the Stanislaus Literacy Center. You think I need to check this out again? I've been through this, and it's a wonderful program. And they provide free literacy services for adults who need to improve their basic academic skills in Stanislaus County. And for more information on any of these items, contact our good friend Barbara Borba. She's at... 209-524-1307, 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension 113, or email her at bborba at uastan.org. And here at AVC Land, it has been fire season lately. We have a couple of homes, actually. Uh, one was in Manteca, and one was in Stockton, and a couple of misplaced residents. Actually, the Red Cross has uh, put them into motels uh, for a season, and these people are in need. Fortunately, and thank God, nobody was injured or hurt during these fires, and we give God thanks for that. A Manteca family and a Stockton family, so we're asking our Manteca and Stockton volunteers, if you have items uh, like twin beds, dressers for the children, a sofa, love seat, kitchen items, and did I say a queen, queen bed? They need a queen-size bed also. We're asking Pastor Mike that maybe uh, we have a, a church with volunteers, Calvary Community Church in Manteca. 
is willing to uh, store some of these items for a time. And so uh, we just would ask that you contact uh, Calvary Community Church and uh, donate these items, and we'll make sure that these items get to where they need to go. Also, here in Modesto, we are in need of a wheelchair and a hospital bed. So please contact us here at Advancing Vibrant Communities. Our number, once again, is 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571, and we'll get those items connected to the families that they need to go to also. And coming up really soon, September 17, that's a Saturday, we're going to be uh, out for our annual airport neighborhood cleanup. And remember the first year we did that, uh, we've done it about five times now, four or five times. First year we did that, we took 22, over 22 tons of stuff out of the alleyways and the byways of the airport neighborhood. The next time we were out, it was 36.8 tons. That's a lot of stuff. Yeah, it is, but, you know, it's been... And and each time that we've gone, the next time that that, that we've come back, it's been a little bit cleaner, and, and, you know, some of the neighborhood people have been joining us. And so we'll be out there. We start at 8.30 in the morning with a briefing. It'll be in the parking lot of Orville Wright School. Uh, be on the east parking lot there. We'll have a time of prayer and uh, instruction, and you'll get your assignments. We'll uh, hit the streets and alleyways. Uh, we'll work from 8.30 till uh, about 12.30 in the afternoon. That leaves you the rest of your Saturday available. Love to have you join us. In fact, if you want to call ahead of time, we'll be happy to assign you an area so that you can go out and, and scope it out ahead of time and see what kind of tools and rakes and mowers and that type of thing that you need. And Mr. Owl's been out there uh, with us uh, many, <laughs> many years, and uh, we have a good time and, and bless the neighborhood. Again, uh, call us if you'd like to participate. We'd love to have you come out. And for those of you who are our Facebook fans, uh, we have a new thing that actually started today. It's called the AVC Mercy Ticker. The AVC Mercy ticker. It's okay. kind of like, you know, the stock market ticker, only okay. it's a Mercy, an opportunity volunteer ticker. Please tell. Not like the ticker on the heart. You okay. know, that, that's a different ticker. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, anyway, if you're one of our Facebook uh, fan, by the way, that, that those numbers grow daily. Great to have you with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, just go to our uh, Advancing Vibrant Communities. It's facebook.com backslash Advancing Vibrant Communities. And then look for... The ABC Mercy ticker, and what we do is we put very concise, like one or two liners, new opportunities to serve, new updates. We're not going to send you a lot of baloney on there that no. clutters your Facebook thing. We're just going to give you brand new opportunities to serve. If you're interested in that, it's an open group. Anybody can join. Just let us know, and we'll be happy to have you to be part of that. And thank you. You know, we are absolutely honored to have with us tonight the recipient of this year's Red Cross Heroes Award, Mrs. Mandy Crocker. Mandy, thank you for joining us on Lighthouse Live. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Oh, my goodness. Mandy, your story touched a lot of people. And we have to share it with everyone. Now, first of all, we got to clear up. You and, and Dana are not related to Betty Crocker, right? I, I, I mean, I don't know. You came from the East Coast. Dana, Dana, Pastor Dana is Mandy's husband, and he's with us. I know he's just dying to jump in here and say something. Dana, you wanted to say. You know she wasn't real. <laughs> Who? Betty Crocker. Are you serious? I'm serious. She, you know you just upset oh, and happened. No. Well, no, seriously. I, I found this out in... She was actually the brainchild of a marketer okay. who, who, who decided to think up, you know, a, a, a lady 
that that could spearhead this company and and so they created this fictional Betty Crocker. I saw her and picture. A, you know, she's a phony. She's a phony. It was she's a phony. A picture. phony. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway, isn't that an interesting? That is you interesting. Pr- people probably don't even care. I'm but so gullible. No, I do anyway, care. Anyway, Dana and Mandy are not uh, related to Mr. her Al anyway. And Mr. Al says there's no Santa Claus. What is this? Oh man! Now I'll get the cards and letters. Thank you very much. Oh my goodness! Well, anyway, Dana and Mandy. We, Dana and Mandy are one. You don't know what why you're are we here? Into. What did we get Taking into all coming this abuse. over here? You know, Mandy was on her way—a typical trip to Chuck E. Cheese one oh. night. Mandy, this turned out to be anything but t- typical. Can you share with our listeners what happened next? Well, actually, I like to start out that Saturday I was at Chuck E. Cheese and I had to be there on a, for a birthday party. And so when I got asked to come on Sunday, I kind of rolled my eyes and said, sure, I'll bring the kids, no problem. And so when I arrived at Chuck E. Cheese on Sunday, it was awfully crowded and the boys were already off running on and doing their thing. And I was told by my friends, if you want to just leave them, go ahead and go. And I said, great, I've got so much to do. I've got work to do on the computer. Um, thank you so much. And so as I'm gathering my things, I just felt a sudden nudge, don't go. Mm-hmm. I felt the spirit say, mm-hmm. don't go. And so I kind of took my time gathering things up, and my friends kept saying, get out of here. Don't worry about it. I've, we've got the kids. Don't worry about it. And I said, no, I'm, I'm going to get a salad for a little bit and get some tokens and play with the boys. And so I was at the salad bar when I heard the cry out, um, call, call 911. So I glanced over. It wasn't like a scream. It was just a you know subtle yell out whatever subtle that might be when you're calling 911. But I looked over thinking a kid had fallen off a chair or broke his arm or something and was waiting for the scream and cry, and I didn't see anything. And then I'm still getting my salad when I heard the dire cry of a mother screaming, oh, my God, he stopped breathing. And when I looked across the room, I saw baby Charlie is his name, just lifeless, and he's jaundiced to begin with, and so he was blue on top of yellow so he had this awful green color and so I raced over to him I don't know how I got to him it was so crowded so many people there my son said I hurdled tables and chairs I don't know what happened but I got to the baby um, and I took him into my arms and of course you have to take that moment to think what do you do and I'm a nurse in case the listeners aren't aware I'm a nurse at doctor's medical center and I've been a nurse for 12 years But I just had that sudden, what do I do? And I just had to say a prayer, Lord, help me out here. And so um, in starting CPR, actually, the funny part is someone took the babies out of my hand, out of my arms and said, you're not doing it right. Mm. And I just looked at him and I said, I'm a nurse. I know what I'm doing. And here it was baby Charlie's dad or grandfather. I'm sorry. And he had recently taken a CPR class, but uh, adult CPR. And so he was kind of trying to get in the middle of it. And so he actually held baby Charlie while I started to perform CPR with the breathing. And um, his grandfather started to do compressions. And so I talked him through it and said, okay, slower, light, gentler. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. he's just only five days old. Oh, oh my. Mm-hmm. And that was the other part after knowing the whole story. Baby Charlie's grandfather in the middle of the night woke up that night and said, we need to go to Chuck E. Cheese. Because Mm -hmm. the part that was really important was baby Charlie's dad flew home from Afghanistan to be with the family. He tried to get here for the baby's birth, but wasn't in time. 
And so they wanted to do a family outing. And for whatever reason, the spirit woke up grandpa in the middle of the night and said, Chuck E. Cheese. Mm. The funny thing is they live in Los Banos. There is no Chuck E. Cheese. The oh closest goodness. one is Modesto. Oh, wow. So they traveled all the way up to Modesto. I don't believe in coincidences uh, mm, by no, any part. Neither do I. So that was part of the story. And so as we're performing CPR, he starts to, of course, he's come through and he's doing a little bit better. And so we just keep saying, come on, Charlie, come on, Charlie. And he looks great. They, of course, the ambulance shows up. It feels like hours, but it's just a few minutes that it mm-hmm. took for them to get there. And so while the paramedics are working on the baby, I went over to mom, who's, of course, hysterical in the corner, just crying, crying, crying. Mm-hmm. And I say to her, um, I'm not only a nurse, I'm a pastor's wife. Can I pray for you? Mm. And she just said, of course, of course. So I started to pray with her. In the middle of praying, the paramedic said, who started CPR on this baby? And I just kind of turned and said, I did. He goes, this baby's perfectly fine. His sats are fine. That's the oxygen level in his lungs. And they said, we don't understand why you started CPR. And I'm like, he was blue. He looked dead. And so they questioned why we started CPR. So I continued to talk to mom. And of course the paramedics are saying, well, we'll take him into the hospital anyways, just to get him looked at. So they packed him up. And just as they're finally getting things started, dad came out of the restroom. He had no idea what was going on. And he said he just couldn't do anything. And he was just struck by what was going on. He's, he's, um, special forces in in the military and he's dealt with you know victims but to be there for your own child he just was stunned by it all so as the family's leaving um baby charlie's in the ambulance and mom's already heading to the to the hospital i stopped the family and i said um do you know where they're taking him and they said sure enough he was going to doctor's medical center (laughs) where i'm working exactly and i said do you mind if i stop by and check on how he's doing and they said absolutely and I asked what his name was, and they told me. And so I called ahead and said to the hospital, of course, I know the ER, and, mm-hmm. and asked them. And they said, oh, yeah, we have a baby en route. And so after a little while, I checked back, and they said, well, they monitored him, and they documented his diagnosis as alleged life-threatening event. Alleged was the key word that mm-hmm. I just thought was startling. Mm-hmm. So the whole concept of seeing a miracle happen Mm. at Chuck E. Cheese was for sure what I saw. And so I went the next day to visit mom in the hospital and all I had to do was walk in. She knew who I was the moment I walked in. And so she said, I've been asking everyone here at the hospital. She goes, I was about to call Oprah to look for you. (laughs) And I said, well, here I am. And she said, I just want you to know your prayer helped me so much know that he was going to be okay. And he had no more apneic oh, episodes. He does have a cleft lip, and he was severely jaundiced. And so a combination of having being so weak, and, and they're not sure how he stopped breathing, but they really don't know. They just attribute it to his jaundice and, and maybe his respiratory care, but he's not had a problem since. And so we keep in contact with the family now. I, I was wondering great? if you keep in contact. Absolutely. Yes. Actually, we adopted dad, um, and we <laughs> sent him a care package. This happened in September. So come December, we sent him. Our church, of course, loved on them immensely and oh. sent him a care package. And they've come to the church, drove all the way up to Lo- from Los Banos. Actually, baby Charlie and his mom and dad don't even live in Los Banos. They live in, was it Tennessee at the time? At the time. At the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> What a beautiful story, man. Mandy, what, what is your normal assignment at, at DMC? I don't even take care of babies. <laughs> I was going to ask. What, <laughs> no. What, what I'm actually the director of case management and social services, and so I, I don't even do bedside care anymore. Funny thing is, do you 
remember I actually took care of your mother-in-law many years ago, and I was her nurse at one time on Four North. Were you really? And I actually awesome. met you the, right? the very first yeah. time was there. Wow. So Betty Ellsworth. Wow. I did. Yeah. Oh. I, probably about, I don't know, was, seven or eight, yeah, nine years ago. Somewhere and she there. was just yeah. a precious, precious mm-hmm. woman. Oh, yeah. wonderful. Oh, that's so great. That's my story. I mean, that's only a tidbit. It just, there was so much more to the um, getting to know the family and the situation and just loving on them. And Dana's been with them for, um, Charlie had to have a surgery for his cleft lip. Mm. And so Dana went down with them and prayed with them and met their needs there um, with the family. You had a special listening ear to what the Holy Spirit was saying to you on that day. That was just amazing. And then the blessings that flowed from that was just truly amazing as well. I never anticipated. I mean, of course, saving a baby's life is just in awe to begin with, but the blessings that I've received from that has just been unbelievable and mm. just overwhelming. Compassion oh. you had on the family and oh. the prayers and the love that you just extended. He's so precious. Oh, my goodness. Well, wonderful that the American Red Cross would recognize you uh, for that mm-hmm. uh, as, as a hero. And, I, you know, I think you deserve a medal for going to oh, Chuck E. Yes. Cheese anyway. Two I mean, days in a row. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Two days in a row. I mean, that, that's right. That's uh, right. <laughs> Wow, that, that's a stref- stressful place for parents. He didn't go at all. Yeah. <laughs> Dana, I was going to say, where were no. you in all of this? No. Okay, I went the first day on Saturday because it was a newer family in the church, and I wanted to be there for their kids. He was in the corner and rocking the whole time. The second day on Sunday, it was one of our regular families. So, you know, I bowed out because they know pastor loves the kids in the church, uh-huh. but when they surround me, it's over, it's overwhelming. And Dana and Mandy Crocker, and so glad to have them with you. So glad to have you, dear friends, wherever you happen to be listening to Lighthouse Live. And Mandy, what a great, great story. How was it that the Red Cross got a hold of you, and how did you feel when you were told that you were Hero of the Year? Well, um, I'm not sure who nominated. I think there were several people that nominated me for the award. And so when I got the call, um, my husband had a little idea about it, actually. And uh, I was quite shocked when she I had the voicemail about it. And she said, make sure you sit down because this is important stuff. And then went into the spiel and then said, oh, by the way, you are the hero of the year. And I just was stunned by that and, and was just an appreciation to be honored as a Hero of the Year. That that's all. Dana, did you have something? Oh, I I know who nominated her. Uh, one of the ladies from the church, Galen Ramos, uh, who's very involved with our military uh, families and VFW and service that she does for them. And so, um, because it involved a military family mm-hmm. and such, there was a special connection for her. And so she reached out to the American Red Cross. And Absolutely. I knew about it months in advance. It's one of the few secrets I've kept from her. In our, <laughs> it's hard to keep marriage. secrets, yeah. isn't it, from so. your spouse? Yes. And, you know, we were uh, in attendance that morning of the breakfast and saw you receive the word. And it was just very touching, very emotional, because there were so many wonderful, wonderful. people who did mm-hmm. uh, fantastic things uh, throughout the community. And it was just God was so present Mm -hmm. in that morning as the awards were given and it was just a a, a very um, touching uh, thing to see how many people did courageous acts Mm -hmm. of kindness 
and it was just almost as if you know he were in the room and you could just see how many lives were impacted because of kindnesses that were done uh, throughout the community lives were saved Mm -hmm. uh, people were touched but uh, you were the hero of the year and that was uh, awesome and and to see uh, uh, how baby Charlie's life uh, was saved because of you. You know, we think of how the Lord walked through the earth, you know, some 2,000 years ago and how he saved lives. And, and he came to serve, not to be served. And that's that's what we were doing. And you didn't do it because you were doing it for, you know, your glory, but for his glory. And, and that makes all the difference in the world. So we just thank you. And uh, we know that you guys have been very busy. We were talking before we went on the air about all of the things that you guys are doing with the new church and everything. And Dana, you want to catch us up a little bit on what's going on? Yeah, I can. Uh, we've just completed a, a merger here locally of two church bodies, uh, Crosswalk Community Church of the Nazarene and Trinity Church of the Nazarene. Uh, we are now formally known as Cornerstone Community Church of the Nazarene right. on at 2200 Sunrise Avenue. And uh, it's just been a fun and exciting journey. It's another one of those things that God has done in our lives and just allowed us to be a part of it. Um, matter of fact, when they first asked, asked me to do this, oversee a merger, I said, there's no way I can do that. I, that's what I told my district superintendent. And I prayed about it, and Lord said, "I'm not asking you to do anything. Just get out of the way and let me do it." And trust me. And it's it's been a joy. It's been fun. Um, and we're refocusing who we are as a church body and what our what our mission is. And we've really been talking about um, the call that God's given us as His children to be community oriented. Um, our most of our conversations are all about connecting with organizations and families in need uh, we're launching two new 501c3 ministries that'll be self self-sustaining um, with a faith-based mission but not the church name so to speak um, so that we can partner with other organizations out there that we've already talked to um, but just meeting needs um, the people that are directing that of you know, we're already talking about partnering with advancing vibrant communities and oh, helping, good. helping me. Our ears just perked up. That's yeah. right. We're listening. I've gone, <laughs> I've gone to them and shared with them how the website works and how to, you know, and of course now I'll be talking about Facebook too, but, yes. um, how to just look for needs. And then if we have the, if we have the ability to just step in because our, what we're not looking to do is solely just meet the needs of our church. Mm. Our church mm-hmm. family has mm-hmm. needs and we want to be, um, good stewards and help take care of them and love on them. Certainly. But if your neighbor has a need, if someone you work with has a need, um, what we're building is just we want to be the body of Christ. And so it's been real fun. There's a revival starting to take place in the life of our church body that I think is going to be really contagious. Um, and we're partnering with other organizations out there. Uh, some, there's a foster organization that we've partnered with in Stockton that needs a place in Modesto because mm-hmm. of all the families that they serve here. And uh, so we're going to be giving them a place to bring their families in to just kind of get rejuvenated once a month. Um, uh, I haven't had a chance to actually follow up with the gentleman in charge yet, so I'll kind of withhold too much information until I actually talk to him. Uh, But even our kids are, I just honored a child on Sunday because we had one of, how old is Patrick? Nine. Uh, nine. Patrick Harmon, nine-year-old kid. Um, he's an adopted child in, in his family, and he he came to his mom, who came to me and said, "I want to do something for children." Mm-hmm. And so the mindset's not just our adults, but our kids are really getting it too. And 
he he organized his own teddy bear drive and r- collected 49 mm-hmm. bears, brand new bears, and they delivered it up to uh, the Children's Hospital or That's Children's sweet. Wing in uh, yes. Packard Lucille mm-hmm. Hospital a couple weeks ago. And so I got excited and shared that with our congregation on Sunday. I said, this is God stirring our children, too. Cool. Um, so if anyone out there listening has heard the word church merger and been scared and thought, boy, that must be something bad going on in our city for mm-hmm. that to happen, uh, this was a beautiful thing that mm-hmm. God ordained, mm-hmm. and he is using it. I really believe he's going to bless the community in a way that, you know, I told the church five years from now, if something ever happened and our church building burnt down, the mayor would call me and say, Pastor, how can we help your church rebuild because we need you Um, and that's the kind of difference we want to make in the community so you know dana you mentioned workplace and it brings back to mind what mandy's doing mandy is a marketplace minister (laughs) absolutely and you know we need that don't we pastor mike and i and i think dana one one of the as I've looked at the many variety of different churches that, that, that we partner with and that we've been to, one of the keys to getting refocused on the community and our mission to love our neighbors as ourselves is that constant reinforcement from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it, it, it doesn't happen unless, and, and, and although it maybe should, but the key is from the pulpit that constant reinforcement. You know that uh, that, that Paul told us we're off, we're here to offer our lives as a, a living sacrifice. You know that Ephesians two ten. You know that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Our DNA is supposed to be out there and connecting, but it does take that constant reinforcement. And I think. You know, your your district superintendent probably had some wisdom there. Pick the right guy, you know, for this to really be a, a brightly burning lighthouse in the in the community. And, and doesn't it take that intentionality to keep people focused and, and kind of take, you know, where you know, the church kind of got self-focused there for a couple of decades, but it takes mm-hmm. that intentionality to, to, to get us back into the community for that loving your neighbor as yourself focus. And we're... What we're working on and, and preaching and teaching is giving people the freedom to follow the dream that God's given them. Mm-hmm. And so if it doesn't exist, if it's not a church ministry that we already have going on, then go do it Amen. anyway. Amen. Um, and if you're doing something because you were asked to do it 10 years ago, and it's not your dream, it's not your God-given passion, let it go with my blessing. Mm-hmm. Because I want you doing what God wants you doing, you know. And they kind of already know. If you can't find me in the office, I'm probably out somewhere in the community, meeting with somebody or sharing or trying to help. You know, I'm involved with something. Um, Love Modesto. We we got involved in that, and that was just awesome to be a part of that. And that kind of stirred some people up and got them ignited. And so we just Sundays are great. We have a wonderful time of celebration and worship. But there's six other days of the week that That's we want right. to continue yes, to be the yes. church, mm-hmm. and so well. And, and we're not only talking our local community, Dana, but you've yeah. had the opportunity to to go to Joplin, Missouri, yeah. and t- to talk to us a little bit about that experience. Well, that was a, a huge blessing and a miracle. Um, uh, one of our sister churches in Oakdale, um, Oakdale Family Church, um, Richard Jilton uh, attends the, 
their congregation there. And, of course, Richard and his brother, uh, his family, they own Jilton Waste Management. Um, he, uh, I think the tornado in Joplin hit on May 22nd, I believe, it was a Sunday. On Monday night, he was unable to sleep, and he put the word out to his pastor that the Lord told him, you need to go to Joplin, and you need to take a team. And and the question being, well, what team? Anyone who wants to go. And he put the word out on Facebook on Tuesday. And on Monday, I had been having a conversation with the young man at my church, who is our church, who has been dreaming up and getting this 501c3 ministry, this uh, uh, the body of Christ work work and witness is what he calls it. Um, just a, a team of people that would respond in disaster and in need. And on Monday we had said, wouldn't it be cool if we could go to Joplin and just serve for a while? Well, we, we're still dreaming the ministry up. We're still putting paperwork together. And we said there's it's no way it could happen. Asterix. And uh, on Tuesday I called him up and I said, Jeff, how would you like to go to Joplin with me? I said, there's a gentleman in Oakdale who's going to sponsor anyone who wants to go. Mm. And we ended up being a part of about four different churches, five different churches. Um, some of us uh, are Nazarene congregations and some outside. We just partner with communities, uh, churches in the community. And we took 65 people uh, on a trek across the country to Joplin. What you we drove thought, back? We, we drove. Okay. We, we took a convoy of, uh, I want to say, 11 or 12 vehicles. Uh, Jilton's family took... Two tractors, uh, I believe two to four dumpster, um, portable dumpsters, uh, so that when we got there, we could fill them and take them to a local site. And, Do you have um, one of those claws? Yeah, those two, the tractors with the, well, the, the, with the, uh, dump on the front, the, whatever front, you call that. Front loader. Front loaders. There you go. Thank you very much. Um, that's why. I only I'm, know that because of Mr. Al. He's, he's talking these terms. That's why I'm in the pulpit and not in the waste <laughs> management industry. So, uh, and then we just had eight, eight carloads that just convoyed oh, across. And it was, what was really amazing, we knew where we were going. And of course, we started writing on the side of the vehicle, Joplin bound, God bless Joplin. Mm-hmm. And we drove without stopping except for gas and food. Um, and restrooms. And, well, oh, yeah. Well, of course. That was, yeah. yeah. That was the gas yeah, stop. Yeah, um, <laughs> we did have one blown tire on one of the vehicles, so that kind of set us back for a little bit. Um, but we would be at a gas station in the middle of the night, Texas, Oklahoma, all the way across, and people were gassing up next to us. And, of course, when we pulled in, we took up almost every <laughs> island because we all got gas <laughs> at the same time. People were walking up to us with tears in their eyes, mm. wow, that's handing us money wow. and saying, "We obviously we can't go, but would you take this and put Aww. it towards whatever you're doing? Mm. And it was just the hearts of people. God yes. was preparing the path as we went. It was just great. And uh, we got there. There's no way, even if I could show video and show you photos, there's no way to really explain what you see except to stand in the middle of it, but a mile wide and six miles long. Of uh, Did you not take pictures? Oh, we did. We okay. did. Okay. All right. But it's hard to put it to words yeah. um, of devastation. Yes. Yes. And we just started going through the area and meeting with people and asking what can we do and cleaning up people's yards. Mm-hmm. Uh, we cleaned up debris and, and what really was just nothing more than trash. 
And as we collected photos and things, we would take them. You know, I, I took a box of photos I had spent three hours helping collect out of this shed. Took some, took them up to the lady sitting in the front of the house and said, "I don't know what to do with these. I, but they're probably yours." And she kind of smiled and laughed, and she said, uh, "Actually, that shed belongs to one of my neighbors. It's not even my stuff." Wow. But mm-hmm. whatever got picked up was just dropped in mm-hmm. places. Mm-hmm. You didn't know who owned what. Um, but the greatest moment we had was the Saturday night. We ended up staying at a local um, Christian university. And for the life of me sitting here right now, I can't remember the name of that university. But they put us up. They heard we were coming through um, disaster, Nazarene Disaster Relief, made some contacts for us. And uh, they gave us a free place to stay. They fed us uh, the entire time we were there in their cafeteria. Blessings. Well, Saturday night, the men were all sleeping in the sanctuary on you know, air beds and stuff. And... And uh, their local worship team came in, not one week removed uh, from, or a week and a half removed from this disaster, and they began to sing, "How Great Is Our God." Mm. Wow! Wow! wow. And uh, my friend Pastor James from the Oakdale Church and I were in, just happened to be sitting there. We began to get caught up in this moment of worship, and we turned to each other and said, "What do we have to complain about?" That's right. Mm. They can sing, "How Great Is Our God." In the midst of such tragedy, um, I don't think I've had much to complain about since I've been home. Uh, gives you a new perspective on that. Doesn't well, maybe the kids, but that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's different. Love you guys. Um, but uh, it, yeah, it was an amazing trip. Um, some of us were only there for about three days, and we turned around and came right back because of work schedules and obligations that folks in the church had. Um, but yeah, God certainly opened up the doors. Uh, we do have some folks that would like to go back when possible and maybe build a house or two and and help out. Because um, that rebuilding effort is going to be a while. And, and yeah, coming, yeah. It, they were hoping before winter came and before it started to get cold that they would at least be cleaned up mm-hmm. um, and and able to do. You know, some of our hands were tied. Um, FEMA got there just the day before we did. And it slows down the ability to just walk in, and, and it's all I'll say about that. But it just made it difficult, um, so it slowed the process down a little bit. So we were hoping maybe when they're all done cleaning that we can go back and just serve, do some work, see whatever's there. Um, yeah. So Does it make you want to do more of that kind of thing, Dana? That's exactly what we want to do with our work and witness ministry that we're building. Mm-hmm. Um and our compassion ministries that we're building both. We just, if there's something, even if it's one house that has a disaster, uh, we, we just we just want to be able to pick up and go and be there. Uh, no strings attached, no obligations. Um, it's not a, uh, we're the church and we're here, so, hey, by the way, we meet on Sundays. It's just, we're here. End of discussion. If you ask, we'll answer those questions, but we're not showing up with an agenda except to just say, you have a need, we have resources, and we have tools, and we're working on connecting with other churches in the area and, and helping them just come, you know, be a part of work. We've already done the legwork. We've already done the paperwork. Just come be the hands and feet that God's called us to be, and let's do this together under, and which is one of the reasons we chose a different name and a different format. So it's not about our church. It's about his kingdom, mm. and that's what we want. That's what our goal is. So, mm. so we're excited about getting that up and running locally, and just being there for the community. 
Well, and, and you think, Dana, that there are, there are pockets of these resources all over the city. Every congregation has pockets of resources, mm-hmm. and, and, and the key is edifying them and providing them with the opportunity yeah. and saying, hey, go, you know, simply go. And uh, it, it's, it's not that difficult. It doesn't have to be controlled. You know, the, God has the resources ready if, 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 if we just provide them with the opportunity to, uh, to get connected. And it's amazing. You know what we can do when uh, when God's resources are, are, are cut loose. Mm-hmm. Manny, I want to come back to you just for a second and, and talk. And Elaine, you mentioned to it before. You know, uh, Paul tells us that if if we're believers, we're ambassadors for Christ. Mm-hmm. We are ministers in our our workplace. How has that been for you? In the in the and and you're in an interesting um, part of the medical community right now in in in, in your job because as. As medicine has grown over the past couple of decades, you know the the, in, the the individual focus has somewhat been diluted, and now we got to worry about capitation. We got to worry about you know a lot of different things. Not decapitation, by the no, way, Elena. Glad, you, but anyway, glad um, you. Yeah, we, you that. know, and, and and the insurance things and all of that, and, and the individual care really sometimes gets gets uh you know pushed to the side how has it been for you in in uh, in your profession as as a lighthouse what opportunities does god provide you in the workplace i i have the biggest smile if only your listeners could see <laughs> because this this opportunity that god gave me was an open door to say you know it wasn't me it was all god um the day that i went back to work that monday i am um, I was hesitant to tell the story because I didn't want it to be focused on me. I wanted it truly to be God. So the person I told at work was my boss, who's a believer, Greg Berry, um, is a wonderful Christian man, and he's our CFO of the hospital. Awesome. And he was the mm-hmm. one that went to um, our, our um, what's the word I want to use, honey? Public relations. Uh, public relations. There it is. And he told them, and of course they called the paper, and I said, I'd be glad to tell the story only if I get to say God gets all the glory. Mm-hmm. And yeah. by far they said absolutely. Wonderful. And so then it was in the paper, and then I was honored at work through um, Hero Awards at work, and I was on the radio with Cat Country, and then I was awarded again with the American Red Cross. Mm-hmm. And on September 2nd, I'm being awarded um, at... Modesto Nuts as well. Yay! And so <laughs> thousands of people, whether they've read it or heard it or have seen me personally, have heard the story of how God spoke to me and I followed his direction in, in this life-saving event with this baby and have not only touched their family, but other people have said, your story has just touched me. And so it hasn't been about Mandy Crocker. It's mm. about God speaking to Mandy Crocker. And I tell people I was the vessel that he used. And mm. that's kind of my phrase is I'm the vessel that God used. I just agree with you, Francis. She has a beautiful smile. She just glows. <laughs> and, and we just join those who honor what you did and, and uh, obeyed the call. That's right. And, and thank you for that, Mandy. That's just mm. uh, that's wonderful. Well, Dana, appreciate so much your vision. For the community and uh, and for serving, how can people get a hold of you and and your congregation and get connected? Um, well, the church phone number is two zero nine five four four two five six six. That's two zero nine five four four two five six six. I can be found on Facebook if you look me up there, Dana Crocker, uh, and we do have a Facebook uh, page. I believe the new name has been changed. It's Cornerstone Community Church of the Nazarene. So we can be found on there. Um, no websites yet. We're still in the 
process of putting all that stuff together. Um, and we are located at 2200 Sunrise Avenue. Um, I'm not one who invites people who already have a home church, but if you're looking, um, certainly welcome to join us at 1030 on Sunday mornings. And if you have a home church and you just want to pop in and say hi, you're allowed to visit once. But, you know, yeah. it's going to send you right back to your home Go pastor. Home. So, yeah. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> um, but that's just if you'd like to say hi and, and find out more about some of these ministries that we're looking to launch in the community and be a partner with us in that way. All right. Yeah. And, Mandy, thank you again so much. And we do have a little special treat for you guys. And I uh, just want to play this. And, and thanks to Pastor Mike for making this possible. We want to play for you now Audio Adrenaline. And this is My World View. And it's here on Lighthouse Live. Audio Adrenaline.
audio adrenaline and my worldview. And that concludes this week's edition of Lighthouse Live. We'll see you next time.